This is Cinespection, two guys talking about movies, TV, and more. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon, morning, night. Whenever you're listening to this, we are back at Cinespection. I'm Gabe. And I'm John. And thank you for joining us today. Uh, we we have, this is probably going to be our best episode yet, uh, because we have a really pressing story to talk about, which we'll get to in a minute. But first, John, we wanted to get a few minutes just to talk about the Mortal Kombat trailer. Uh, one, because um, you know it was all over the news this week, and two, because it seems like we have differing opinions. Um, what do you think, Charlie? I, I personally, I mean, I'm going to watch it. But it just looks like another cheesy fight action movie. I don't like. I don't see them taking this story and making it great. So you know, I mean, I'm not excited for it. <laughs> Gonna watch it. Uh, it's coming out relatively soon. Like what, two months? I think. I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot when it comes out. I'm not stoked on it. Like a lot of people are really excited, and I mean the fatality parts that they like clipped in there were cool. But I have a really bad feeling that all of the coolest scenes were just in that trailer. Well, I mean, I, I disagree. I think it looks awesome. I I was not expecting it to look this cool. I think I, I loved it. I think, I mean, the moment when Sub-Zero uh, cuts somebody and then freezes their blood and turns that into like a knife. <laughs> that, yeah. I, 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 I fucking love that. I, I, and, and it's a fatality, I'm sure, for the games. I'm not. Yeah. I haven't played all of them. Um, I, I played, you know, the early ones and I played the N64 one and then I skipped until Moto Combat uh, 10 or X or whatever, which is really good, but I haven't played most of them. So I don't know all the fatalities, but I thought that one was awesome. And I like the tone. I mean, I, I think they're going in with the fantasy elements without it being too silly like the original and and it's it's got a, like a gritty tone. I, I I'm... I hope they didn't spend a lot of money on it, so they got a chance to go full crazy with it, which is it seems that they did. But I don't judge a movie by the trailer, you know, because you never know. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'll give it a chance, but I it's from the trailer, it seems like they're gonna pack in all of the best scenes in the trailer, and then we're not gonna to get a great, you know, we're not gonna be surprised. And then the other thing that worries me a lot with any of these movies is like. The plot is going to have to be so thin. I mean, like, you know, that can work sometimes, though. Don't get me wrong. If you would have told me, like, five years ago that one of my favorite action movies of all time would be because some Russian mobster kills a dog, I would have laughed. Like, I would have been like, oh, what? But John Wick, with, like, the thinnest plot in the world, which is, like, this dude's dog gets killed, and it just so happens that he's like the world's greatest assassin. It works, right? So sometimes very thin plot lines can work, and and we'll have to see. But well, that's the thing with Mortal Kombat, and I think somebody like me, I'm a pretty uh, uh, casual fan of the video game. The plot is so complex; like it involves like Outworld, and you know, like twenty thousand things, and. It just it's a complicated thing. Um, and I don't know how you can land that in a movie, especially with the tone they're going for. Um, 
but we'll see. I mean, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I was surprised how much I liked it. Uh, yeah. I've always, uh, maybe we should review the original here one oh. day. Oh. Or, or the second one, my God. Our, this is just going to become the Awesomely Bad Movie Podcast, which actually is a pretty good segue into our yeah. next our, our next topic. Yeah, so let's 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 go for it. Uh, bottom line, we'll see how it goes. Um, awesome theme song, by the way. But anyway, uh, we'll talk about it when we talk about the movie. All right. So last week, uh, John casually brought up. Um, John Woo's Paycheck, starring uh, Ben Affleck, Uma Thurman, Aaron Eckhart, Paul Giamatti in a nothing role, um, and Joe Morton. You know, if you don't know who Joe Morton is, he's like the guy you get, you got in the '90s to play either a cop or a scientist, right? Um, yeah. He was in Terminator playing a scientist. He was in Speed playing a cop. Like he's just, and he's he's awesome. He's also in Justice League for more like younger people listening. And he's in, uh, he was, you know, where he was? He was, he was in Godzilla for a second, Godzilla two, uh, which I rewatched recently to my own uh, uh, bad fortune. Um, anyway, all those people are in it. It's directed by John Woo. John Woo, famous for um, uh, uh, Face Off and Mission Impossible two, and several movies in. Uh, uh, his native country, which I want to say it's South Korea. Um, God, I don't remember where he's from. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, he, he's an action filmmaker and he's really good at it. So this movie's called Paycheck. Uh, and it was, um, it came on the heels of early 2000s action movies, uh, which were kind of like, they, they were kind of like struggling with what to do, I think. John, you know, they were like, yeah. kind of like influenced by the Matrix, but at the same time, they wanted to do something different. And I think the early 2000s were not the best time for action. Like, even established franchises, I think, didn't have their best moments. Uh, like, you know, early Fast and the Furious movies were are not really very good. Um, like, uh, Die Another Day is, you know, an early 2000s Bond movie. Uh, so it, 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 it was it was hard, but this movie, I think, to me, or at least the way I remember it, it came on the heels of Minority. Yeah, um, it was right? around that same time, and yeah. like yeah. like you said, a lot of people were very influenced by The Matrix, so you had a lot of like kung fu being added into American action cinema, which isn't going to say that that wasn't a big thing in the 90s, it was, but like, this is like overtly, it's not karate. Like, it's, like, overtly kung fu, right? Like, they're trying to add it in there. And to have, I don't want to get on the whole, like, cultural appropriation thing, but to have Ben Affleck trying to do, like, this stuff with a bow, like, it just, it doesn't make sense. And, like, this is also the same time that you got movies like Elektra and Daredevil and all of the the really, really crappy uh, early 2000s comic book movies. X-Men aside, like, the X... Uh, X-Men and X2 were great, but other than that, like, we saw a lot of really bad action movies. So, I, I, I'm with you. I think that the early 2000s were horrible, horrible for action movies. They lost their grit, too. Like, they stopped, action movies in the early 2000s stopped being rated R like they were in the 80s and 90s and started being PG-13 to just be cash grabs. Yeah, I, I think, I think they were, they were still trying to figure out, um, 
the 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 the, the tone that they wanted to have and and it, 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 a movie that I think about when I think early two thousands um, uh, uh, action is um, is Swordfish, which I absolutely love uh, because it's what probably action movies there in the two thousands should have been. It was like an idea of the internet, but nobody knew what the internet was like fully. You know, like it was a hacker was a cool guy, but kind of nerdy. And did you see Swordfish? I growing up loved swordfish okay i i can kind of admit that being being an engineer in the it field as an adult okay that movie came out when i was still like a a kid okay yeah 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 uh being in in that field that movie makes me so disgusted now yeah yeah exactly and and that's that's a bit of its charm though do you know what you think like they, they, they were figuring out like what this hacking thing was (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 Swordfish is up there with like awesomely bad IT with um, hackers from like the 90s, right? With Angelina Jolie, which is made fun of throughout the, the IT community. It goes up there with, um, there's a, an episode of what is a NCIS or one of those CBS like crime dramas where like two people get on the same keyboard at the same time. Swordfish was the exact opposite. He actually ran two keyboards single-handedly with seven monitors in front of him. And then he, like, clapped his hands and spun around in the chair, which is actually, like, a running joke that one of my friends has. So, like, like when he does something good, he actually claps and does the spin. That being said, it, it is awesomely bad. It is, like, looking back at it now, you have the worst goatee ever in that movie, uh, which belongs to Mr. John Travolta. Um Great performance, by the way. I think he's good in the movie, like genuinely good. It's just like, it's one of those movies that does not stand even close to the test of time. Um, I, 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 would, I would fight you. Let's, let's, let's watch that maybe next week. I'd love to rewatch Sorry, I love that movie. I, oh, I yeah, but anyway, point being, we, we got sidetracked, and that was my yeah. fault. I'm sorry. By the way, sorry, uh, John Wu is from Hong Kong, born in China. I'm very, very, very sorry for that mistake. Um, anyway, he's famous over there. Uh, for for his own work. Um, all right, so let's let's get to our points. Uh, this was an awesome intro. Uh, but I'm gonna go through the premise, and I'm gonna read this. I wrote this, so tell me if any of this is not true. But this is what happens in the movie. Ben Affleck plays an engineer who's paid to work on a project to rip off third-party technology for some time. Could be a few months or so, and then his mind is wiped. Uh, and then he gets a project that involves time travel. And then he's chased by bad guys and police because of what he knows or could know about this project. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. It's um yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think? <laughs> um okay. Uh, is I it mean stupid? is it stupid by definition? Oh, it's so bad. Like, I mean, here's the thing. They start out the premise of this movie with this whole scene, like basically showing that he's a reverse engineer. He goes in and he, he knocks off technology and tries to improve it. And then they, they wipe his memory. Okay, so the first technology that he's reverse engineering is a hologram. Yeah. Cool, whatever. The first thing he does is he uses a holographic board to like 3D edit schematics. So you're telling me that the technology exists for a holographic board 
that he can edit and everything like that in real time and do all this other crap, but not of the hologram projector itself. So like basically the movie within the first like 10 minutes already like contradicts itself, <laughs> like just by being bad. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, and then the, the whole premise of like, okay, he's gonna three, I think it's three years, three years passes. Three years. And he's invented a way to look into the future, which we somehow find out, like, I don't know, 30 minutes into the movie or so. And then it turns out that he's looked into the future and then given himself clues, memento style, to, like, get his way back without dying. Yes. Yeah, it's horrible. Here's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. I don't think it's a stupid premise by definition. I like, I, I think it's a stupid, no, not by definition, but it's a stupid premise. Why? Because I didn't remember why his mind was wiped. I just remember he was paid to get his mm -hmm. mind wiped. And my adult brain, because I was, what, 15 when this movie came out, um, my adult brain felt like, well, it makes sense to do the wipe if you're exposing him to trade secrets. Right. So what if what if the movie was about him like being an outsourced employee and being exposed to trade secrets? Yeah. And thus, and thus I mean, trade secrets are always a problem. So why why wouldn't you wipe the mind of the people that do it? Like it would make sense and it would make for an interesting premise. What, what, don't, don't you think? I mean that that part actually is the only plot piece in the movie that actually makes sense. Like. Right. For yeah. instance, this whole looking into the future thing, and not to get, like, way too nerdy here, but, like, this is, like, Schrodinger's cat type thing. Okay, when you look at it, it immediately doesn't become a thing, right? Like, this is how quantum computing works and stuff. But as soon as you open that box and you look at it, it the cat is either alive or dead. So by looking into the future, you've immediately already changed the outcome of the future because you looked at it. So the whole premise of him being able to look into the future and give himself things in to you know to like aid him just doesn't make sense it doesn't work because every single piece of like every decision that he then made to put into that envelope that he then mails himself is changing time so the moment that he were to stick anything in that envelope the outcome would change right so it, it doesn't yeah. make any sense like the plot no. doesn't work in that respect not time not travel is a bitch like everybody should yeah. stay unless you're marvel and then even marvel screwed up a little bit but unless you're marvel just don't touch time travel because nobody else has done like i like how marvel in endgame actually made fun of time travel like because it's so difficult to handle so that's my two cents back to the future you got it you know yeah. there's always going to be a plot hole because there always is and i think in this movie, I agree with you, and it's a, a bit of the premise that uh, I guess. Well, sorry, spoilers, but I mean, who fucking cares? But uh, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah. So yes, I I, I agree with you. It, it it's flimsy, and then and then it, it doesn't really make sense by the end because you keep seeing. The ending, which is him dying, but then he changes it without yeah. doing really anything relevant, different. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
he has a watch that goes off. That, by the way, his watch going off makes him move in the split second of time. So a bullet hits something like. The only good thing out of this is Aaron Eckhart actually plays a really good bad guy, which does, we already knew that. Does he, okay, we'll get to Aaron Eckhart because I have a line from him. Um, but I, I have a line from him. So, well, something that's that's not scripted. I just remember uh, that we brought up. Uma Thurman and Ben Affleck have no chemistry. Zero, zero chemistry. Zero chemistry. And, and Uma Thurman is not good for this role. She's a fantastic actress. We all know that Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, whatever. Like, yeah. Good. But this role, like being the, ooh, I love you, girlfriend, like that is, that that should not be a role for Uma Thurman. That, well, she's yeah. not a damsel in distress, right? Not like, that's at just all. Not, her not at all. Not at all. And, and being like with the birds and it's just like, no, no. Like, no, this, this is a hot take, but the, so there's a scene in the restaurant where Uma Thurman meets Ben Affleck. The girl who is, like, supposedly impersonating Uma Thurman is a, would have been a better damsel in distress. And Uma Thurman being the person who comes in and, like, is the bad guy, that would have been better, right? But, like... Yeah, although that lady, didn't she play, like, several, like, femme fatales in the early 2000s? Yeah, I think she did. She has she has one of those faces. I don't know who she is, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just shows. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 frustratingly cast. It's prove that getting a listers, which I don't know who my permanent is a lister, but getting famous faces on a movie does not mean that you move people. Well, I mean, I think at, in the early two thousand, she was kind of an a lister, though, right? Like this is yeah, like yeah. right around the time of Kill Bill and stuff like right. that. Right. So in a year or two after Kill Bill. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, and then Ben Affleck was, you know, this was right after Pearl Harbor, which you know, love it or hate it, uh, it made a lot of money. Uh, you know, and, and Armageddon, and that was, that was yeah. This was the pinnacle. This was uh, the pinnacle of his fame, not the pinnacle of his career by any means, because I think that Ben Affleck's career has honestly only gotten better. Uh, yeah, I think his sure. I, his acting ability is 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 great. And and that being said, he's he's an amazing director, and like that's what got us on all of this before, it was like talking about Ben Affleck, and that's why we watched this movie. But he is an amazing director. Um, yeah. But in this movie, it was just bad. Like all aspects of the movie were bad. Um, all, all of them. It's it, it's uh okay. So I mean that was that was the next question. Like, is it as bad as we remember? Is it worse? Is it better? Yeah. It definitely was as bad as I remember. And then you had brought up the the last time before we had even watched it, like the John Wooisms, right? Like yeah, the things yeah. that he specifically does, and like, it, like uh, when he when Ben Affleck signs his name, and it like stops on that frame, and you hear it like take a picture. Basically, it's like do do, like those things are like his signature. Or he has some like really cool looking zooms. Like yeah. zoom in and somebody's walking into a room and they zoom into their faces. And th that's a cool shot. I like it. I mean it works in, in face off, it works in I, I like Mission Impossible too. Maybe we'll talk about that eventually, but I like that movie. Um it works there, but it, this movie just feels weird because they're they're trying to it, it and by the way, it's it is it is as bad as I remember. And the the the, the worst thing is not the bad how bad it is, it's how boring it is. Because it's boring as hell. Didn't you feel that? It was just... I was texting you most of the time. Yeah, so, exactly. like, I mean... Yeah. yeah, it's boring. It's like the action sequences are 
poorly put together, no stakes. Um, it, it, and by the way, it's set in Seattle. But yeah, I was going to tell you, I noticed yeah. that. Yeah, but there's only one shot where you can see the face, and then everything else is just like, doesn't look like Seattle. I don't because it's not. They yet. definitely yeah. did not shoot it yeah. in Seattle. Not 100% not in Seattle. Like, the buildings don't make sense. Like, right. nothing about that makes sense in Seattle. And, like, for the record, you know, like, Gabe, you know, you're there. And, like, I go yeah, there all there. the time. So, yeah. like, both of us know the city. So, right. like... It, it does right. such a bad job of portraying the city. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a that car chase. They're like going around some like suburban streets that don't look like Seattle. Like like Rachel and I were like, is that Seattle? Like, Do you know how I noticed it was Seattle? Because it, it said Seattle police on the cop cars. Oh, that's, there you go. Okay. Well, that's they did that. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not real. Like the cop cars were out of place. By the way. Like, if you looked at the cop cars, they were, like, late 90s model police cars. And then this is, like, in the mid-2000s, and, like, you have this brand-new BMW motorcycle, and then, like, this old-ass cop car that's chasing them. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I get the cop cars aren't always up-to-date, but, like, it just doesn't fit everything else going on. And I'm I'm pretty sure that none of the, like, logos or anything were the same, but, like, I, I don't care. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another thing like it's it's made to look like high tech and kind of like sci-fi-ish but the sets when they're trying to do futuristic sets which is like the lab and uh you know things like that they look like like lower budgets 1960s star trek oh it's bad the set it's, it's uh, terrible terrible like and this the cinematography time oh. works because it's so shiny so everything's like you know it reminds me, like, I don't know how to explain what the set design reminds me of. Like, it, it feels like what someone in 1989 thought that 2000 was going to look like or something, right? Like, On you have a thought in 1989. It, it was <laughs> like, the problem is, is like, it's all like these plastic click buttons and like fake chrome plastic. And like, you know, it, it just doesn't look, it doesn't look right. It, it, at all it just it looks very like sci-fi from like the 60s rendered in the early 2000s which by the way the, the, your technology in the early 2000s looked like shit anyway right yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. it looked horrible like we had big boxy computers and stuff so i'm not you know whatever but it, it the set design was miserable and then like the thing that really makes no sense is like there's this big atrium outside of where they're making the time machine, and that's like where she works because she's a biologist. But like, yeah. there's no, she's a, I, I don't know, like I, not a botanist by the way, a biologist. A botanist would have made sense in this giant atrium, but she's not a botanist. She's a biologist, but there's no what? animals in there except what? for the one bird. But why can the room? Why can it create lightning or something for no reason? Like, well, how does that help a lab to have a, a, some, a button that you push and creates lightning? I think it's supposed to be that she's a botanist and, like, that atrium is supposed to be, like, um, the what was that there. movie? The Dome uh, from um, when was that movie? Oh, my God. The one with... Um, the Simpsons movie? No, 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 no. There I'm was a movie. I'm thinking the 1980, early 90s movie where 
Pauly Shore is in it. Why am I blanking? Biodome. Yeah, yeah. I've like, never seen it, but I know which one's talking about. Okay, well, that's an actual building that they built, okay? Like, they actually built, like, the different biomes of the Earth inside of a building, and it was all, like, a big project to see if we could, like, build it on another planet. Anyway, but, like, I think that they're trying to do something like that, but it just doesn't work, right? Like, it, it just does not work. It does not work, and it, it looks silly, it looks ugly. But um, anyway, so here, here's a big question, like, something I kept wondering. Like, Ben Affleck's character is so unlikable. Uh, he, like he he's cocky, but not in the charming way. Um, he's Uma Thurman when he first meets her. Like they talk for five minutes, and he's like, "Hey, let's go have sex." And what? Like, it, and it's something about his face and his haircut and the suits he wears. Like he looks, he has a punchable face. And I brought that up when I was watching it, and then Rachel was like, "Um, everyone in this movie has a punchable face." So what? Do you agree, one and two? I, I, I was actually watching it, and I was like, wow, why is Ben Affleck so douchey looking in this movie? Yes, like, right? He looks like an asshole. He does. But, like, to his, uh, you know, defense, the, the whole movie is just, like, filled with bad acting. And it's not, I don't know that it's the actor's fault. But, like, the acting throughout the movie is bad. The only yeah. like person that I thought was okay was like maybe Paul Giamatti. <laughs> like, but Wait, like, why is he in there? What, what does he do? He doesn't do anything in this movie. He doesn't. He's he's there, then he disappears, and he shows up at the end. It's just like, uh, yeah. This anyway, movie was That this movie was all about people doing one thing: collecting a paycheck on an awesomely bad movie. Like that's it. Like they they didn't do anything spectacular the acting was subpar the direction was subpar uh the plot line the writing it was all subpar and then you just it was like okay well let's make an action movie let's get a big action movie director of the time and let's shove in three or four people that we know are, are blowing up in hollywood aaron eckhart and i don't know if we want to jump to him this was like right around the same time that he did thank you for smoking which honestly is one of my favorite movies of all time um, it ranks up there super high for me. Great movie. But even, I mean, talk about punchable face. Aaron Eckhart in this movie, like, I said his performance was good because I hated him so fucking much. I just hated him. Did you? I just, yeah, he, it was completely, like, worthless. Like, uh, he had the same haircut as, as, as Ben Affleck. He wore the same suits, so he was, like, the anti-Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, just... here, so here's a line from, like, actual line from the movie set delivered by the great Aaron Eckhart. It seems like everyday things combined with the magic of foresight turn Michael into a, an escape artist. That is, yeah. that is an actual line that poor Aaron Eckhart, known more for bad movies than good movies. Um, yeah. Because he's made some great movies, but he's been in too many bad movies, and this is one of them for sure. Like, uh, you know, he, he's been in, like, uh, did you see Midway? He was terrible in Midway. I, Frankenstein. Like, he, he's just the bad movie guy. Um, I don't know why, but... but he, I think he's that he's, he's like, the guy that, like, goes up and is, like, yeah, uh, what is it? You miss... Uh, it, it, it's, like, all the chances that you take, like, you're gonna miss a few, and, like, 
every for every 10 bad movies he does he has like one performance that's just like oh my god he's a great actor but then all the other movies you're like god what is he doing but like yeah he's he's very very oh yeah well i think in a lot of times he's just collecting a paycheck he doesn't care um it's obvious when he actually enjoys the role that he's in thank you for smoking if you haven't seen it uh oh my god such a good movie uh Katie Holmes, Aaron Eckhart. It, it overall, I think uh, Maria Bello is in it. Um, it's just such a good movie, underrated movie about the cigarette industry and the lobbyists for the cigarette industry in the like early nineties. Oh, nice. Yeah, de- definitely, you should watch that. Um, but other than that, like his performance in this movie was shit. Like, I mean, it was. I, I just, I, I mean, everyone, if everyone. Like I love Joe Morton. I mean, I keep bringing him up. But he's, he's he's Miles Dyson, you know. Yeah. Like, he's he's good. I mean, I don't think he's ever done at least that I've seen like a he's ever starred in a movie. He's always like one of the secondary characters, but he's pretty good. And in this movie, he's just like every line, he's like Arrah! right. And, and then and then the same with uh, even worse with uh, what's his name, the guy who plays Dexter, Anthony. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, whatever. That guy, Michael Hall, is it? Or Michael, Michael C. Hall. Yeah. Uh, Michael C. Hall. Anthony Michael Hall is the guy from Breakfast Club, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, Michael C. Hall. Like, he's like, every line, he's just, like, angry. And he's like, why? Why are you so angry? And then and then, and then Joe Morton is at the end or something. I didn't even understand what happened. Um, ah, this movie. It's, I mean, it's not even charmingly bad. It's just the thing. I'm so happy talking about it because I, talk, I love to talk about bad movies, but this movie's bad. This movie yeah. is, 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 is anything but charming. It's just, it doesn't, well, there is, there is one moment uh, that I want to talk about real quick. Um, that, that when they're trying to justify their science, Ben Affleck says that Einstein expressly said that time viewing to the future was possible. Um, I'm not a physicist, um, and neither are you, John, as far as no. I know. Um, but I, I would wager that that is not true. I, I believe, I try to look into it, and there's not a lot of shitty movie, but I, I, I believe that is not what he said. He never said time viewing is possible. He said something about, uh, like a laser going through, uh, space time or something, but somebody was saying that a laser can't go faster than light because light. So light is the cosmic speed limit. That's correct. Yeah, right, right. So uh, I, I, I mean, I, I would, I, it needs a better brain than mine. But just justify, like Einstein said it. Oh, okay, let's move on. Like <laughs> it's just it's, well, it's, this is like one of my my least favorite things about movies, and I think I've talked about it before on the show. But one line plot fixes, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate one line plot fixes, and this is a one line plot fix, like. Oh, this is a horrible plot. Let's just say that Einstein said it. And yeah. no one will fact check in 2004 because who uses Google or whenever this movie was. But, like, right. <laughs> you know, I just, it was so, yeah. it was just so. The, the, the thing is that, yeah, one line plot fixing is annoying, but it's even worse when it actually you notice it and you're like, what? Because yeah. I, I noticed it. I was like, and it seems like you did too. Like, he was like, what? Like, is that what they just said? Um, uh, anyway, okay. All right. There's a fight between Ben Affleck and uh, one of the bad guys uh, in the train track. Um, 
that he uses, he kicks a gun to the train track that the bad guy is not touching, and he electrocutes him and he dies. That yeah, happens. on the third rail. By the way, one, once again, I've been to Seattle a lot, and there's no fucking train like right. that anywhere right. in the city. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I didn't think of it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I, like that. yeah. There, there, it, it was like in the posters, like they, they love their trains. I don't know why. Yeah, I did, I think John Woo just likes trains or something. I don't know, but like, no, that was a horrible plot line. And then like the whole, he uses a paperclip that he gave himself to like stop the train from moving forward. I guess right, like it like yeah. trips a circuit that like stops the train. Yeah, this is right after he uses hairspray to uh, kill a bad guy. Yeah. Um, yes, that 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 does happen. Um, all right, we should move past it. I mean, we could talk about two hours or things, but um, okay. In the end, this is like probably one of the most annoying parts to me. Uh, fixes the time viewing machine. In the end, he goes into the so context. The time machine is not working. Aaron Eckhart can't get it to work because Ben Affleck put a chip in the massive neon light chips. Oh, by the way, I'm so yeah. glad that we use glass servers. Just another thing. Yes, God, yes, oh my yes. God, it's so bad. Well, not anyway. only glass, not only glass, glass with neon light inside. Yeah, because that's what server rooms look like. That's what server look, rooms look like. And it's really hard to find it, but it would have been easier if it were code. Like th that, that literally happens. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 the, the scientist guy is like, no, if it were code, we would find it basically here. It's like, well, there's like five fucking massive chips, so just find it. Uh, but they don't. Uh, and then Ben Affleck does with a crossword puzzle. Um, so, like, here's the other yeah. thing, real quick. <laughs> yeah. God, we could be three hours. Yeah, I, all right, all right. This is a <laughs> very quick thing. If he had the bullet inside of that area, right? Yeah, Why yeah. wouldn't he just rig the bullet to blow the thing up the next time Aaron Eckhart uses the machine? And save us this entire fucking movie. You mean Ben Affleck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's 92 billion. Yeah. Like, billion. yes. He already know. gave himself the money. He could have killed Aaron Eckhart and destroyed the machine and his memories wiped so nobody knows about it. And he could have done all of this with a single bullet not taking us two hours of our lives to see this shitty fucking movie. Anyway, that's my that, I'm, that's my hot take. I'm done. You're you're no, that is not a hot take. That is a block hole and a massive one. You're right. <laughs> he could have just destroyed the machine the same way without future him having yeah. a bunch of. Uh, but wait, what I was going to bring up, I think I mean you you hit it. So I don't know how relevant this plot point is if, if you brought that one up because it's really destroyed the whole premise. But um, all right, so. He, the machine is not working. Ben Affleck and his scientists cannot get it to work. Ben Affleck breaks into the company, right? To yeah. fix the machine so he can see the future. And but he doesn't, but he doesn't actually see the future again. He sees, he sees yes. the same future that he had seen before. Yes, yes. But he fixes the machine only to destroy it. Why the fuck would you fix it? Why would you fix it? And he gave himself devices to fix it, like the crossword thing and, 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 and I don't know, something else, right? 
point yeah. or like <laughs> why the fuck would he fix the fucking machine? I think it's just so to 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 add some drama to the third act and then have the, the bad guy henchman die after seeing his own future, which I guess was a cute gimmick, but not really. What what Yeah, it was it was I'm I yeah. Like I said, this whole point, he could have strapped a bullet to the liquid nitrogen, taken his 92 million. Aaron Eckhart used the machine earlier that day to see that Ben Affleck had died. And when he did that, boom, dead. Like, I mean, this is a very simple movie to fix. Like, this could have been a short that we could have put into, uh, to like Sundance or something. I could have done this entire movie in 15 minutes. You know, it's just. It could have made better sense, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, I have here, I have a neon light right here. That, that would have looked better. Um, <laughs> and then, okay, all right. Um, we need to move on. But, okay, ask awesome bad movie thing. See, this is mine. Um, Uma, would there be chased by a car inside of one of those, like, containers? Uh, and Ben Affleck and Uma Thurman are in a motorcycle, and there's a, a, a car behind them. It's a cop car. And then Uma Thurman takes her helmet off, and throws it so hard it breaks the windshield and then hits the guy in the head and knocks him. That was awesome. Like that was that that was brilliant. Like that was it's the so one moment bad. where I was like, that, I was like, yeah, this is John Woo. <laughs> like you know, no, the entire yeah. so the yeah. entire motorcycle chase is John Woo because it, it mentioning Mission Impossible. That whole movie loved Mission Impossible Two. Loved motorcycle. Like. If you go back and watch it, like, isn't that the whole, like, plot at the end is, like, Tom Cruise is on some, like, motorcycle and he, like, tosses it. And, like, there's a whole motorcycle chase scene in that movie as well. And so the motorcycle duel between... I love that movie. I love it so much. Uh, anyway, another day. Uh, yes. Did, do you have a bad movie trope in this, in this movie? I mean, the whole motorcycle chase scene... The, the, the one out of the motorcycle chase scene is um where he's on the gravel and he like spins out to save her by throwing gravel into the windshield that then the guy instead of the guy holding on to the steering wheel he just lets go and crashes like do people actually do that like you just let go of the steering wheel and crash into this big bulldozer that's right beside them i mean like it's in fake cgi seattle yeah they do um Fake neon light, uh, weird haircut, uh, CGI Seattle. Um, <laughs> CGI not Seattle. Uh, all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, final verdict. Uh, should we have called this show the Paycheck Podcast? <laughs> I mean, no, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's like, oh, we'll see. I don't know. We it's haven't not- made a title for it yet. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I meant, I meant overall, like, fuck City. Oh, this oh my God. Like, the, the paycheck <laughs> um, Okay, so this is not so bad, it's, so bad it's good. Like, if you listen to this and you're having fun with how much we to make fun of it, um, sure, but I don't think this is one of those bad movies that you I think this was just a shitty movie. Yeah, this isn't a, a bad movie that I would rewatch. If that right. makes sense. Like, there are definitely bad movies that I love to rewatch because they're, like, just bad and good to me. Um, this is not not one, one of them. No, yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, so, all right. Well, we're sending our best to John Woo, uh, who hasn't made an American film in a while. 
No, not a not a really long time. But yeah. I think yeah, we, I think this might have been his last. He was like, yeah. Fuck American movies. Let me just go go back to my country, make my movies, and just don't yeah. really, you know have these stupid sets. Um, all right, uh, our best to Ben Affleck is way better right now. Iron Eckhart is just as bad. <laughs> um, Uma Thurman. What was the last thing Uma Thurman was at? I have no clue. She, she, I'm thinking of her daughter in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but um, and Stranger Things. Great actress, yeah. daughter, by the way. Um, anyway, all right. Our regards to all of them. Let's move on to our next. All right, everybody. Our next story up is, I mean, now become our weekly favorite thing to talk about, I think. But we're going to talk about this last episode of WandaVision, episode seven. This was, yet again, another great, great episode. I do want to say that we're not going to do a spoiler-free review this week, so we're going to go ahead and sound the spoiler alarm now. All right. So, uh, Gabe, what were your overall thoughts of this episode? I loved it. I think I, there hasn't been an episode in this show that I have not liked. Um, yeah. There hasn't been one that I have felt that shouldn't belong in the show or anything like that. And I thought this was a, a good progression. It, it kept doing the gimmick of kind of like having comparisons between what's happening in Hex and what's happening inside the Hex. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I love that it was like a modern family slash the office kind of thing. Um, I, I think they skipped an era in sitcoms, like young people in New York era, you know, like they, I wish they would have done a friend slash um, How I Met Your Mother slash Seinfeld kind of episode, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but they did, but I loved it. How about you? I loved it. You know, there were a lot of reveals that happened, a lot of, of big changes. And I saw this somewhere and I can't remember where, but the significance of having the mid credit, like whatever you want to call it scene, it means that this is the MCU, right? Like that's what made the MCU, the MCU. Like I remember going and seeing Iron Man for the first time when it came out and being like, hang on, there's something in the credits. Like everybody's sitting in their seat. Like, and now we're just so used to that. Um, right. But that meant like we are back in the MCU. We're not in this like weird sitcom world. This is like we're in it. We're we're about to be. I think in the next two episodes, we're about to have our minds blown, and they're about to sit up, set up the next probably five years. Right. This is. Yeah. Um, this is crazy. It's great. We're introducing new characters. Um, yeah, I thought it was another great episode. I, I, I heard a little bit of rumbling that it was slow, but I think it needed to be slow, right? Like, they jammed us with so much information in the last couple episodes. But then at the very end, like, you had, I think, the runtime of the actual episode is somewhere around, like, 30 minutes, uh, not including the, the trail or the, um, the credits at the end. Right. So you get to the 25 minutes through and you're like, okay, well, not much has happened. Like Darcy has her mind back. Uh, we have Photon, right? We have Monica Rambeau who now has, has powers. Um, it, it ramped up in those last five minutes and you're like, oh shit. 
Uh, and I love it. I love that they're doing that. I love that it's not, it, it's building on itself. It's doing what Marvel does best. Um, it, it is. I, I agree with you. And it's, uh, it, 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 I don't know. If you think this is slow, I mean, you haven't seen slow movies. <laughs> I, I didn't find it slow. I found it very entertaining. Um, I I found it. It just progressed. It, it progressed. I don't I don't know what else they could have done. I, I loved it. I mean, some people weren't liking it. We'll get to that. Um, uh, but uh, I I loved it. Um, and I'm gonna butcher her name, but Tiana Paris, right? Yeah, she plays Monica. Yeah, she plays Monica Rambeau. Um, you know, what do you think about her performance? I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I think that she could be good. I don't know exactly what's going on. What do you think? Good on when the screenplay plays to her strengths, when she's like, um, she doesn't have to display a lot of emotion, but when he's trying to, when she's trying to be dramatic, I think she struggles. Uh, and I noticed this, um, when and then that scene at the hospital when she first appeared, what was it episode four? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I guess when she first appeared in the real world, um, it seemed to me like she's, she's very forced. She's very like, <clears throat> you know, like you know, very angry. Yeah. Intense. Yeah. And I don't know if she's that. Good. I mean, people are praising her. I don't know if I would be praising her. Um, it's not like she. It's just when you notice that an actor is not as good. I think when you notice it's you know, there's something on, at least to me. I think, personally, I'm, I'm reserving all judgment because I don't think I've seen her in a scene long enough to actually see her flex much of her, her acting ability, right? Like, that. if I had one, like, I don't want to call it a complaint because I don't really have any complaints about WandaVision, but if I had one thing is, is that we're not, we're getting some characters more than others, which I like, but, like, She's obviously going to play a, a massive part in the MCU, but we haven't really seen long enough performances out of her. Every take with her is like maybe two, three minutes. Like we don't see anything longer than that. Now, where I think she did play really well was when she went to go get Wanda and was like, look, they're coming for Vision. Like you need, we need to go. Like I actually thought she was really good in that scene. The scene that I thought she wasn't great in was like where she's running through the what the hex to get her powers there was no real words there or anything i just thought that that scene was a little weird to be honest like i, I watched the episode twice and like that was the only scene that i was kind of like eh, i don't know um so we'll yeah, see she has ups and downs she has ups and downs i mean nothing against her i mean she'll grow into it i'm sure she's a talented actress for sure but her performance here is something yeah um, it, it, so it, what yeah what do you uh what do you think they're going to reference for this last episode? Or this next episode, I should say. There's one more after it. I have no idea. And that, that's something that, that I've been thinking about. Like, what is the next stage in comedy? What, what, what do we get after? Yeah, so I'm thinking there's got to be another. Well. Comedy. Like, was it you that said maybe they'll reference some HBO comedies or something? Yeah, you know, or like I even thought, um, like, the MCU's paid homage to uh, the show Community quite a bit, mainly because the Russo brothers, that's where they like got their start. Um, yeah. I was thinking that, but I honestly think that they're done with the sitcom stuff. And I only say that because of that 
mid credit scene, I think that, that that signifies like we're we're in it now. We're that is the we're in the end game now scene, right? Like that is the okay, games are over. We've you know we're showing who the bad people are now. Um, you know we know about Agnes, and and that leads us into the the next thing, which is. I know you had said, like, there's something bad about Agnes, and I kind of brushed it off. At first, I agreed with you, and then I brushed it off. Um, so I think you did call who Agnes was. Yeah, I mean, I did. I don't know who Agatha Harkness is. Um, I, I, I'm not familiar with, with the comics, but um, I, I did see her as being more than just... She was emphasized too much to just be the name. Yeah. To me, it was just like telegraph, like she's gonna be the big twist. And people kept saying Dottie, Dottie being the the the, the other the, the head of the mom council thing. I don't know how. You yeah. Know. Oh yeah. From she, I mean, she only she played a part in what episode two, I think. Right. Episode two. The fact that it took you a second to remember her. Yeah. Like the show wasn't telling you that she was important. Um, yeah. Like if, if all of a sudden, like like um, you know, she showed up as the villain, like Agnes did you'd be like, oh, like it would take you a second. And I don't think narratively that would have worked for the show. I think, uh, I think Agatha, like Agnes was definitely like the one that was being framed as such. And I'm happy because, because Catherine Hahn is a great actress and I love the way, like I love how ironic it was and sarcastic. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you've watched, uh, I don't think you have Parks and Rec. She was awesome in Parks and Rec. So I'm really excited to to see her play in, um, a, a much larger character in the MCU. But yeah, th- yeah, definitely. That leads me to kind of who is the guy? We can call him Pietro, but he's not. We know that he's not, or we don't know, but we assume that he's not. Who do you think that could be? Like, you know, is it another witch or wizard or you know? What do you think about that? I think to me is um, whoever Pietro is is tied to Vision. That this is why because they're both dead. Um, they're both dead. So if 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 one is not the real thing, then the other one isn't either. Um, but then the different thing about Pietro is that he's played by a different person. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I keep thinking that this is not going to be like, oh, and now like Michael Fassbender shows up. Like, I don't think they'll do that. No, I don't think that, you yeah. know, I think that a lot of that was to throw us off. Now, there, there was one thing that I don't know if you noticed, but the book that was at the, the end that she saw right before Agnes revealed herself. Um, oh yeah, that, you told me. Yeah, 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 that is a very interesting plot piece. Um, it looks a lot like one of the books that was in the Sanctum from Doctor Strange. The color of magic is orange, which is what all of those people use, right? Um, with their shields or whatever. And Mordo, we know at the end of um. Carl Mordo at the end of Doctor Strange became bad. And he started stealing magic from people who he didn't believe were worthy to have it. So, and we saw that episode 
what was it, two episodes ago or one episode ago, where the steel yo magic was a a big thing, right? Like they survive on stealing magic or on yo magic. Um, so I'm wondering, and that would be a direct link over to Doctor Strange, and he is in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm wondering if that if he isn't a character here. I honestly believe that there are going to be like three or four villains that are released uh, from WandaVision, and those are all going to weave different plot lines ac across things. Another thing is Nexus. Nexus is um, is referred to in the comics as like a, a portal kind of thing for, for moving between um, the multiverse. So I'm, I'm wondering about that. Uh, it, it's a lot. Like, they are revealing a lot. I, I didn't get that. Yeah, good thing you told me. I didn't get that. I was like, what is Nexus? Because, like, the commercials are usually tied in some way or the other. Yeah, exactly. So the Nexus yeah. is a way for people to move between the, the multiverse. And so that's what that is from. So we know that the multiverse thing. And then we have um, something that actually directly links to Loki, which is we've seen in the trailer for Loki that He's like wearing a TVA, the time authority, um, timeline authority, or whatever it is, in in the trailer. So we know that the like time police, for better words, are gonna be like policing the timeline, and they yeah. really don't like when people jump across universes. So right. I so I think that the Nexus and all of these things are actually setting us up for Loki, and all of these other like Disney Marvel shows that are coming out. And then the movies are just going to be like huge features on top of them. So, I mean, and I'm, I'm totally in for that. Yeah. Totally. Like everything that they're doing. Yeah. has worked really well. Yeah. No, I agree. So, but I, the, the question is, is we get on here every week and we talk about this and we like theorize and, and you know, I, I love that part of the show, but are we overthinking this? Like, are are people going to be disappointed because they're assuming things that are happening that won't? And uh, are people making these like crazy unrealistic expectations because the show is so good? Are they expecting even more out of it? The the one that comes to mind for me, and, and you actually brought this up, was people were mad that we didn't get Reed Richards in the last episode, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that people are, are building this up too much now? Like, I think everybody had pretty low expectations. No, I think they are. And I think, I mean, they, they, people kept, kept using the word filler. And, and, and somebody tweeted, like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think Twitter does not know what the word filler means. <laughs> because they, they don't. And it, it's, a, it, it's, it's quite amazing um, how an episode where, like, you know, two of the characters that were naturally outside of the Hex became a part of the Hex. Um, Vision finally woke up, like, and it's finally do something about, doing something about what happened. The main villain, or who be the main villain of the show, was revealed. All yeah. of this happened, and people say it's filler. I, 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 I think they thought it was filler because they keep waiting, like, oh, Reed Richards going to show up, or, or Magneto's going to show up, or this people, like, and, and they throwing the name of Mephisto big villain um into the mix um which i found funny because i don't know if you remember ghostwriter but they called mephisto mephistopheles um because he's the devil or something yeah 
Yeah, that 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 that, that, that made me laugh a lot this week. Or something. We should watch Ghost Rider. Oh, anyway. it's uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so I think people are just like, like ultimately, as it happens right now, their expectations are going to surpass. Well, going to piss them off. I think. Yeah, and I agree. And I, I, but I think there's a huge problem here that people aren't realizing. Marvel does not, and excuse me for using, blow their load on one episode or one series or one anything, right? Like, it's, the whole universe is built on subtlety and, like, subtly dropping hints throughout a very expanded timeline to get to a point that they have planned out five or ten years down the road. So all of these people that are saying, well, I want this now, like, I'm sorry, that's not how Marvel works. Like, that's not how this universe works. Like, this isn't DC. If you want the big bad guy and all of his minions to come in one single movie, and I'm really sorry I'm going to shit on this right now, but if you want all the bad guys to come out in Justice League all at once and there just to be so much going on that the movie is shit, then go watch a DC movie. But if you want subtlety and clues and all of these things for five or ten years that's what marvel does and they do it really well and i don't want them to change that formula just because people on twitter are are, are pissy you know so that's my two cents on the matter i don't think that it's a big deal that like the i think it's a vocal few but i think that the vast majority of people are very happy with the way that all of this is unfolding so, but um, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I think it's, <clears throat> I, I think, I think people just, I've said it before, the understanding that people on Twitter represent of audiences, uh, this idea that Hollywood has that it involves like firing uh, actors because of what they say on Twitter and people are outraged and, and just all these things, like assuming that the power of Twitter goes beyond its actual power, which is still substantial, but it's not as substantial as they think. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it would be a mistake and I don't think Kevin Feige. No, I don't think Kevin Feige is going yeah. to, um, to, to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but anyway, I think it's time to uh, wrap it up. Uh, cause we talked about uh, paycheck for way longer than we anticipated, but uh, <laughs> because when are we ever going to watch this thing again? Never. Uh, so it was worth it. Um, all right, John, this was a great episode. I really hope we do more. We have at least uh, two possibles, right? One's a uh, Southland Tango, and the other one's uh, uh, Swordfish to talk about. So we'll get to that eventually. But uh, thank you so much, John, as always. Yep, it's been great. Um, you can find us at Cinespection on Twitter. Uh, you can find John at J-O-H Firth, Joe Firth um, on Twitter. You can find me at Film Opinionitis on Twitter and filmopinionitis.com. Um, also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, see you next week. This has been Inspection.